All right, y'all, welcome to the Scott Horton Show. I'm the director of the Libertarian Institute, editorial director of Antiwar.com, author of the book Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan, and the brand new Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. And I've recorded more than 5,500 interviews since 2003, almost all on foreign policy and all available for you at scotthorton.org. You can sign up for the podcast feed there. And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. All right, you guys, introducing Diego Rivera. He was a ranger in Iraq War II, and now he is with bringourtroopshome.us and helping to spearhead their project, Defend the Guard. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Diego? Doing good, man. Thanks. Good to see you. Hey, listen, uh, tell the people all about Defend the Guard. What does that mean, and what does it have to do with anything important to them? Right. So what Defend the Guard is, is for people listening, is it's just a push towards radical decentralization as a way of tackling our foreign policy problem, right? So through Bring Our Troops Home, and I know that Dan's told the story, is essentially that we've tried to address this issue on a federal level. So what we're doing is instead focusing on a Tenth Amendment way to strike at the heart of this. And so what Defend the Guard says is that, you know, with this legislation, essentially, that the without a declaration of war from Congress, which is how it says in the Constitution that you're supposed to go to war, that the states reserve the right not to send their troops overseas into combat. And it's that simple. And then so, but what difference does that make overall in the scheme of things? Help us understand. Sure. So if you think about it, at the height of the surge, uh, with the largest occupational forces, about 45% of the National Guard was were the ones over there. Now, you think about the National Guard, they're supposed to be, let's call it the state's militias, right? They're supposed to be here when there's a, a freeze in Texas or when there's a fire in Oregon or et cetera. But instead, they're being deployed overseas in a combat zone that have never been, you know, constitutionally sound, right? All of this was done through an AUMF, an authorization to use a military force, right, which is unconstitutional. So this is just another way of bringing home our boys uh, on planes rather than in boxes. Yeah. Now, so where's this project come from? Are you guys a bunch of stinking hippies or something? Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Uh, you know, uh, we're all, you know, uh, right of center. Uh, we're all combat vets. Uh Pretty sure none of us here have blue hair. Um, it's just that, you know, we actually want to put um, our local states, our country before, um, you know, the interests of, you know, politicians and corporate interests, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're just trying to put America first. Absolutely right. And listen, hippies typically are very good on foreign policy, so I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying right. sometimes people might want to not listen to a hippie, but they might listen to a ranger who's been to the war and back and learned the hard way, huh? Right, right. Um, yeah, so I won't knock them either. Um, you know, there are allies, but, you know, so are a lot of, you know, conservatives, libertarians that, you know, just want to put this country first. You know, they want to end these endless wars, and so do we. All right, so now talk about the progress on this issue over the past few years, because... You know, again, I think it is the magic that comes with you guys' resume that this has been one of the most successful activist campaigns in the country on any issue. 
in the past couple of years in terms of y'all's ability, at least to get this thing introduced all over the place, not necessarily rammed through the 50 states, but you've right. gone from zero to a few hundred miles an hour here in a very short amount of time, it seems like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad. Um, you know, essentially, uh, Defend the Guard was filed by one state legislator, um, uh, Pat McGeehan. He's kind of like the OG Defend the Guard uh, champion. Um, and I believe, what was it, two years ago, we were about five states that introduced this. Um, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but as of the past year, year and a half, we've seen it to where, you know, 31 states uh, introduced it. And now I think it's 43 states have at least introduced this bill. We've had it heard in committees now. Wow. And we, we're starting to have these fights. So that's a huge jump from, you know, Pat McGeehan just pushing this through and fighting like hell to where we've had at least 43 introductions throughout the states with several co-sponsors. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, 43 states right there. And you can see how when PBS NewsHour came out and did a 20-minute special on you guys, that they were taking this seriously. They weren't even going for the, I know, let's smear them and attack them uh, kind of slant because they didn't dare. So the whole question just was, wow, how effective could this be? What effective threat? Does it amount to, in, you know, from the Pentagon's point of view? And, you know, they just took it absolutely as seriously as can be. And that's before you got it through a single state house, right? So, and I'm sorry, you have got it passed at least in one state, right? Or two houses? A, a, res a resolution was put forward in, in South Dakota. Um, I, I don't know that it went to uh, the, se the Senate or anything like that. I'd have to yeah. double check. But um, no, there hasn't been a passing. I think that when that happens, we're all going to have steak and lobsters. Yeah, good. Well, listen, um, you know, one of my, uh, you know, right around the same time that I was trying to testify with you guys in front of the Texas and Maine, and I forgot what the other one was, the state legislatures where y'all brought me along. Um, Texas. Right around that same time, I did testify successfully and helped, um, and I think it really helped uh, make the difference in getting a resolution passed through the Montana State Senate that was their demand that the that their delegation to Congress and the broader U.S. Congress repeal the AUMF of 2001. And that was sponsored and pushed by Concerned Veterans of America, mm -hmm. uh, which is part of the Coctopus, but... You know, right. it's it led by right-leaning anti-war vets, just like Bring Our Troops Home. And Dan Caldwell and those guys are good guys over there. And also yep. Americans for Prosperity. And, you know, they seem like a lot of really good guys. I don't know everything about them, but from my experience, they were just great in pushing this kind of thing. And it just seemed like um, we had to figure out how to join forces where we support their legislation when they're pushing things like that and get them fully on board for this thing. I don't think there's any contradiction here or a question of like, oh, you know, what we're doing would be too radical for them or what they're doing is not radical enough for us. There's no issue like that. I think it should be great. And uh, I'm not sure what we need to do. Maybe I can just start an email group here and try to get something going. Yeah, I'll talk to Dan first. But um, it seems like if we can join forces with more and more groups who are closely enough a line like that, that that could really help maybe to push this through and get some senates and some governors to sign it. Right. And so we do need a lot of institutional support, not just from Concerned Veterans for America or AFP or these guys, 
Um, but just in the general perspective is like, why can't we come together with the ACLU who has endorsed our bill in West Virginia or the American Legion who have endorsed this and put this as actually their their state platforms. They introduced a resolution to support Defend the Guard in Maine. So we have people all over the spectrum that are coming together and saying, yeah, so why can't we, we should be coming together for this one issue. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, definitely not. All right. So now tell us a little bit about your next project here. Not that this one's over, but you guys are expanding what you're doing there at bringourtroopshome.us. Right. So one thing that I've noticed is, so I, I do the field operations for Bring Our Troops Home. And it's that, you know, we have a lot of people that are, you know, I, let's just say philosophically sound, at least on this issue, right, that are with us, uh, that come from all different sorts of places, you know, um, and they're, they're right on the issue. But what I've noticed is that it, it takes a lot of my time to kind of get them to understand uh, political strategy. Um, that is like, I feel like the next evolution and what we can do to really help our grassroots activists, right? Because it takes a lot of coaching and, and handholding um, to try to get them to figure out what they can do and, and how to be effective, right? So, so for example, you know, they think that like, for example, sign waving and stuff like that has an actual effect on putting pressure on people. And it's like, well, maybe let's just give you a little bit of an edge so that, you know, people fear you. And I'd rather have the politicians fear us and hate us and do what we want than them essentially either ignoring us or just being like, yeah, you know, you guys are cool and whatever, but essentially just finding a way to just keep pushing this along. So I want to get the activists where they actually have teeth when they come out uh, for something. And so that's going to be a huge class, right? So, you know, Bring Our Troops Home is putting together what's called the political leadership training. Right. And what we're going to do is essentially focus on the confrontational model of politics. Right. And grassroots activism, like real grassroots, um, not virtue signaling online. None of that. But essentially think of the phrase, I don't care if you see the light so long as you feel the heat. So I don't care if, you know, uh, for you're a what was it, a Prada socialist or whatever. Or I don't care if you're just an establishment hack but you're voting the way I want you to vote and you're doing what I want because you fear me. And that's more important than just trying to find the one guy who's a shining light. That's great. We need our champions. And that's some of the stuff that we discussed too, is the difference between inside and outside operations. We cover the real nature of politics. We cover election season, grassroots strategy, and essentially it's going to be somewhere between an eight to 10 hour class because we want to do this in one day and really get people to where they're effective with their grassroots. They're not just running in circles because a lot of the times too, there is an effect where your heart's in it. You're trying to do the right thing, but you're finding out that you just can't get a dub. You just can't get a win. And this is another way to help sort of like empower these like activists that are still learning to give them a strategy to where they can see that what they're actually doing is having an effect. So what if you came together and we push defend the guard and we'll explain that too, obviously. But what if you got red light cameras, you know, taken down in your district or in your city or county or whatever it is? What if you can make local changes like that? You you would actually be energized and it would actually help build more of a community of people that can actually get stuff done. And building that, you know, base and using this as a force multiplier 
is going to be the next step and what we need to actually be effective with our stuff because now we can convince people, hey, we've got a great bill and we do. Um, this is probably, I'd say with the lockdowns and all this stuff, this is right up there as far as like 10th Amendment, radical decentralization. This is going to be one of the best things that you, you could ever do. If you're sick of these wars, it's this. But now we have to make effective strategies on how to be able to get this done and how they can come together, not spin their wheels and actually get stuff done. And slowly we can put this forward. And this is strategy that's not new. You know, the right to work, constitutional carry, legalizing marijuana, all of this stuff. It's essentially the same tactics, but now we're teaching it to those who care about liberty, who care about ending these endless wars. Mm -hmm. Hang on just one second. Hey, y'all, the audiobook of my book, Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism, is finally done. Yes, of course, read by me. It's available at Audible, Amazon, Apple Books, and soon on Google Play and whatever other options there are out there. It's my history of America's war on terrorism from 1979 through today. Give it a listen and see if you agree. It's time to just come home. Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism, the audiobook. Hey guys, I've had a lot of great webmasters over the years, but the team at expanddesigns.com have by far been the most competent and reliable. Harley Abbott and his team have made great sites for the show and the Institute, and they keep them running well, suggesting and making improvements all along. Make a deal with expanddesigns.com for your new business or news site. They will take care of you. Use the promo code SCOTT and save $500. That's expanddesigns.com. Hey guys, Scott Horton here for Listen and Think Libertarian Audiobooks. As you may know, the audiobook of my new book, Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism, is finally out. It's co-produced by our longtime friends at Listen and Think Libertarian Audiobooks. For many years now, Derek Sheriff over there at Listen and Think has offered lifetime subscriptions to anyone who donates $100 or more to The Scott Horton Show at scotthorton.org donate or to the Libertarian Institute at libertarianinstitute.org slash donate. And they've got a bunch of great titles, including Inside Syria by the late, great Reese Ehrlich. That's listenandthink.com. Um, listen, I have an example of one idea in mind. I think it's okay to talk about this openly. I kind of want to spread the word. Um, what I would like to do is run the Libertarian Party as an extortion racket against the Republicans especially, but we could do it against Democrats too in certain cases for sure. But essentially say, listen, if you, well, to put it nicely, if you do this and this and this and this, not promise, but do these things, we won't run against you in the general. Which right. is a nice way of saying, if you don't give in to our demands, we're going to run against you. And in fact, we're going to be smart about it. We're going to attack you from the right and make you look like a big government liberal rhino type. And then you're going to lose to the Democrat. And, um, and then especially we can make that stick a few times. In fact, we, we probably shouldn't even warn them at first. We should probably just, you know, run against them and defeat them a few times and show proof of concept and then start extorting them from there. So that's, you know, one idea that I have. And I can right. think of a couple of examples where we really could make the difference there and in a way where they will know that we were the ones who punished them, you know what I mean, where it would matter. But so I wonder, you know, what other kind of examples you have in mind as far as making them feel the heat. Because, right. 
you know, it comes down to money, right? It comes down to donors and TV ads and who the hell are we to do or say anything about politics and actual power in this country, Diego? Right. Um, and so that's that's going to be part of it. Everything here, and I'm going to be going detailed into like statistics of like, let's say, um, how many doors you have to knock, how many conversations at the door you have to knock in order to get one new vote or how many mailers do you have to send or how many uh, phone banks or phone calls do you have to make? How effective is it to send emails? How effective is it to do a radio GOTV, which is get out the vote. So it's a push before elections or something like that. Uh, and really break it down on fundraising, on everything, list building, right? Is you want a bigger audience, you want to captivate more people's attention. Uh, all of that strategy is going to be in there. But to what you're saying, right, is like if when you have power, not access, access is, you know, when they return your phone call or um, when they say, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. I'm going to talk to my guys. They might come back to you and be like, well, we talked to leadership and they just said, you know, this year we're going to try to focus on this. But, you know, next year we're going to talk about it. So what they're giving you is access to their power, but you don't actually have power. When you can get somebody, you know, when you can get them to lose their election or at least scare them, right, or get a recorded vote, right, get this on record, get them to actually put the bill forward, have a vote and see who you need to attack. And then from there, we talk about things like five column analysis and Red Fox 4, which I'm not going to try to explain now, but these are just different strategies that you could do to focus on how to win and how to make other people lose, right? So it's like, it's, it's almost like don't die for your country, make the enemy die for his. It's sort of like that. And we're going to teach people how to do this to where we say, hey, by the way, I think it's great, Scott, that you want to present a libertarian to position himself to the right of a Republican or left of a Democrat. What if you also found primary opponents? Like, let's say you found a Liberty type Republican or whatever, and you just had him run him in the primary. And then now also you have a libertarian in the general that could take even more votes, even if he gets past the primary. Virtual so fist just, bump right here across the electrons, bud. It's hell yeah. <clears throat> so it's stuff like this and just figuring out, like you can see, what their vote margins were. Uh, these guy, this guy won by like 30 votes last time. He's in hot water. If I find a, a good Republican or a good Libertarian or both, right, and position them like this, and now they're both beating up on him, you know, and, and now you can fundraise. You know how to raise funds. Now you can build lists. Now you can reach out to those lists. You can get teams assembled. And sometimes, you know, especially too with Libertarian resources or stuff like that, we can talk about strategy to where it's like, hey, maybe we can't afford all of the lit and all of the volunteers to knock an entire district to really go after a state rep or something like that. But what if we went and knocked doors in his communities and his surrounding neighborhoods, right? So, you know, he lives in this gated community or in this little section. What if you knock that section, the section round, and let's say family members to make it appear like you're knocking an entire district, right? So you're trying to find ways to what you realize what kind of resources you have. You realize what you want to get out of this fight. Do you want to get them to vote the right way? Do you want to get them scared about a, an election? Like whatever it is, whatever you're trying to accomplish, like how to put those pieces together to where you know if you're knocking family members, his neighboring community, his gated community, whatever it is, he's going to think you're actually doing an entire targeted block, but you're just being strategic because maybe you don't have funds or whatever. So you get X amount of literature. You get X number of volunteers to knock doors, say, hey, by the way, did you know that Peter such and such plans on voting for red flag gun laws? 
Do you know that he doesn't support his veterans and doesn't care about the defend the guard legislation that's up for a vote next week? And so being strategic like this to really position them to where out of desperation, they'll do the right thing, not because they're good. So there's different, different ways to do it, to kill bills that are bad, to promote ones that are good, to at least get <clears throat> on record and different tiers, right? Whether it's you have them introducing a bill or you have them co-sponsoring it or they're making public endorsement. They sign a pledge on a tier of what's most important. Where are your champions or where are the people that will just acquiesce and still do the right thing? And where are the people that won't do the right thing? So we punish them. And it's just going to be about figuring all of that out. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I said this before to Dan McKnight. I said, you guys, you could be flat broke, bankrupt. And you got a billion dollars in your bank account in terms of your potential public relations power. When you say this Republican doesn't support his troops because he doesn't support this defend the guard bill. Boy, I better stay out of that one. Let you guys hash that out. I don't know what in the world a Republican congressman is supposed to say to that other than really sorry about that. Adjusting my position forthright, you know, um, forthwith some kind of thing immediately. Right. What's he supposed to say to you right after that? So, um, and it's not just that, but it's the entire debate about the wars. When you guys right. say you're sick and tired of this thing, um, that's pretty damn definitive. And so it'd be nice if people would donate a billion dollars to bring our troops home us too. But even without it, you can see just like with the defend the guard legislation, how are you guys able to get this thing introduced in 43 something States? It's the, you know, history, it's the titles and, you know, the muscles and the haircuts and all the things that matter the most. You were there, you know, you and I didn't make the best impression on the Texas legislature. But you know who <laughs> did was Brian Sharp. He got mm -hmm. up there and he goes, yeah, I went to West Point. And they were like, oh, my God. You know, like he was George Washington himself walked into the room. They couldn't believe it. The West Point? Like I seen in the movies? Wow. They were yep. just blown away. And, you know, obviously things ultimately didn't go our way in that house, but we got it out of that committee, right? And that was what did it, was, wow, a real live, you know, I forgot what he was, a lieutenant colonel or, you know, whatever his uh, rank was, but a real right. live officer there talking about the law and talking about these wars and all that stuff to them. It mattered so much. I mean, it was just huge. He might as well have been a general or something. So um, that's the thing of it, man. I mean, you guys can do this. You're doing it right now. And that goes for a lot of you anti-war veterans in the audience. And I know there's a lot. Um, a lot of y'all are looking for something to do. A lot of y'all agree with me. You wish you could have done something like this all along. But here, Dan McKnight done did it for you. And so now it's just something for all you guys to rally behind. It's already here. And Diego, lead the way. How do people contact you? How do people join your group? Yeah, uh, perfect. So, I mean, there's several different ways. We have bringertruthfilm.us. We have defendtheguard.us, uh, which focuses on that specific policy. On bringertruthfilm.us, we just added the leadership class. So you can sign up there to host or to attend. So if you want to get a school set up in your neighbor, what I say is like, let's get at least 30 people 
um, because we have to set, you know, we have to pay for a venue. We have to get hotels, flights, all this stuff. So like, let's at least get, you know, 30, 40 people into a class, right? Not too big because, you know, we, it's kind of, it's very personal. Um, uh, and again, there's going to be lots of emotions and, and stories and strategy and stuff like that. So just big enough to where, you know, it makes sense for us to fly out there and do this because we really want to affect this stuff. And then um, if you go to 107 Club for donors, right? Uh, this is where you can help. So 107 written out, 107club.com. That's where you can, uh, you know, donate if you want to. I encourage it. I, I never uh, stand down from saying, I think you should donate because we can't change the world if we can't pay the rent. And so I just want to make sure that we always have that because when we want to do, what we want to do is we want to be able to go after people, blow up their phones, you know, knock the shit out of their districts and scare the fuck out of them, really put them on blast. That gives you teeth. That gives you power because now you are feared. Um, and so 107club.com for donations, bring our troops home.us for the political leadership classes and just polls, stories, everything from PBS to subsec articles, all sorts of press that we've been in, different legislators, defendtheguard.us to figure out if your state has a champion or, you know, there's some that have introduced it or that are not even that good. In South Carolina, we had a guy that introduced it, but didn't do shit for it. So if you if you're in South Carolina, you've got a better legislator that actually cares about this. Come talk to me. And just even personally, um, if you email me, uh, Diego at bringertroopshome.net, right? So it's .net, not .us. Diego bringertroopshome.net. Um, I'll make it to where we're having a phone call within a day or two and talking about what we can do. And I want to spend the time to help you know, actually get this forward because I want to work myself out of a job. So if you actually reach out to me at Diego at bringertroopshome.net, you and I will be talking very soon and I will do everything within my chance of making sure that I'm setting you up for success. Yep. That's great. I got to tell you, I told you this before. I had this idea all along. What we need is Ron Paulian, libertarian, Republican, leaning, combat veterans from this century to lead a major new anti-war group and anti-war movement. And then I forgot how it happened now, but Dan McKnight emailed me one day or whatever it was and said, Hey, look what I did. And it was exactly <laughs> like in my daydream that, and I had brought this idea up to various anti-war veterans that I've known over the years. And they all thought, yeah, that's a great idea. Somebody should do that. Obviously I can't do that. I never was in the army. Uh, so this is exactly what I've always kind of conceived of as, you know, what would be and could be the most effective anti-war organization. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but um, you guys are doing it and and you are actually doing it, not just talking about it and sitting on a website. You're getting such great work done. And so everybody, that is uh, Diego Rivera. It's bringourtroopshome.us, defendtheguard.us. And 107club, all spelled out, right? 107club.com. Yep. That's for the major donors to support this effort. Thank you again for all your time and all your great work, Diego. Thanks, man. The Scott Horton Show and Anti War Radio can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, antiwar.com, scotthorton.org, and libertarianinstitute.org.